It's time for your sassafras and moonshine. That's right. Vegan Radio up now. And it's a new day. It's a new dawn for the country and for the world. Yeah, it's looking good. At least that's what we're hoping. Yeah, I know. We have hope. It's hard, yes. to, hard to rise above the status quo sometimes, but um, anything's got to be better than the, the robber barons who have formerly been in power. Can we make a better world for the animals? That's yes, we can. Yes, we can. And someday, perhaps a cat or dog or cow or pig will be elected president here in the United States. And people will reduce the amount of meat and dairy products they start eating. They, people will reduce the amounts of suffering they inflict upon animals across the world. One can only hope, you know. There's often a backlash in times like these, you know. The, dis- the, the disappointed will be like, you know, just randomly, you know, punching things on Kicking their way down their the street. Kicking their dogs. Yeah. But I hope not, Scott. I, me too, you know. I mean, it's uh, really, seriously, it's all going to be better for everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, you know, we still must be vigilant. Keep our eye on these people. I think you have to take to the streets every day. Yeah. Just like much. after the day of the election. Yeah. The night of the election when everyone was out in the streets of Northampton. Yeah, it was quite a party. All around the world. Huddled around their little transistor radio in some dark corner. Yeah. Saying, it's time for change. Uh, it's time for veganism. Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try anyway. Yes, we can. We can try. Um yeah, so uh, no Megan tonight. Uh, oh, sorry, listeners, but this is going to be a Megan-free show. But we do have Christine Waltermeyer from the Natural Kitchen Cooking School, and she's uh, going to tell us how to cook. That's good, because I could use <laughs> some serious cooking help. Um, like, how can I cook on $5 a day budget? I don't know, Scott. It seems like you've been doing pretty good so far. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You know, this popcorn diet, I have to say, has been uh, pretty amazing. Yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, have I've you come shed up with any new, many pounds and, new uh, variations of popcorn that the world should know about? Um, not a lot, no. Uh, you know, I tried putting various things on it. You know, I, I can't seem to have it without nutritional yeast anymore. I'm addicted to the stuff. Yeah, that really makes a difference. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to cut back on the salt. Cut back on the salt, you lower know. your sodium intake. That's right. And um, I've tried many different kinds of kernels, and I have to say the uh, the big yellow ones. Big yellow organic? Yeah. Those are great. Uh, pop, They pop immediately. Are those They're huge fair, Is that fluffy. fair trade corn you're using? <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to have some great popcorn recipes coming up soon. Uh, but yeah, I think, I've, I, what did I put on it? Let's see. I was trying things like cumin. That doesn't work so well. You don't like the cumin? Not so much on the popcorn, no. Chili powder? Chili powder, yeah, sometimes. That can be good. How about um how about pepper? Pepper, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> if in a pinch, in pepper's a pinch. great. Yeah. But uh in, you know, now that I'm now that I've got like um I'm actually gainfully employed, I'm gonna start eating oh, food Was it again. you that was telling me someone was telling me that you can uh fry up some garlic in the olive oil before you pop the corn and then and then oh, put the popcorn in there. That makes sense. And it gets the nice garlicky flavor. That's much better than putting the powders on. Better than powders, yeah. Better than garlic powder is raw garlic. Yeah, absolutely. Which is then cooked until it's not raw. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, last night we had a post-election fundraiser for the vegan bus. Yeah, that went very well. Oh, it was great. Robert Blake. Robert Blake was there. Uh, there was scads of pizza. Um, yeah, we had um, 14 vegan pizzas cut into eight slices each. Yeah. So we that's a lot of pizza. <laughs> it was. Can you do the math? Uh, what'd you say? Eight fourteen? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, one hundred and twelve slices right there. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's that's a lot of slices. I only had like one or one and a half. I think I had about <laughs> three. Oh, and then I made some raw pizza that was a really big. Oh hit. yeah, I had one. Of, you know that was a real. That was amazing. People actually. were saying that was better than the the cooked pizza. Yeah, in some ways, yeah, you know. I mean, just in the sense. You know of what it is with the raw? It's um, you know this this pizza that I made. It was had a buckwheat, uh, sprouted buckwheat crust, and then you know done in the dehydrator. It had uh, cashew and almond cheese with lemon juice and uh, sea salt, and then the yeah. the tomato sauce was tomatoes and sun dried tomatoes. It had apples in it, and wow, um, basil, fresh basil, fresh oregano salt and oil and with with raw food what, since you don't cook it i think the the flavors kind of stay a little bit separated but they're also you know you can put yeah. you put the you put the raw pizza in your mouth and it's just like an explosion of all these like different flavors that are still prevalent you know they're not buried under saute oil or anything yeah uh, to me it kind of reminded me a lot of um uh, what's the stuff you make when you chop up olives Oh, tapenade. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of tapenade, actually, in that way. Huh, yeah. And, uh, well, some of the pizzas did have a little black olive in the middle. I, uh, I was c- trying to get kind of gourmet fancy with the way they looked, you know? Yeah. Trying to do that whole, like, raw food hoity-toity. Well, good presentation. Fancy-schmancy. I was, I was very impressed. I was, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people were. And, uh, and Robert Blake was awesome. Terrific. Yep. Robert uh, Blake. We should have brought in some of his music to play. Yeah, but I can splice it into the podcast, right? You can, because I am God <laughs> of well, the editing. You might be the pod god. I'm a god of the pod. Yeah, one of our listeners doesn't think I'm God. Oh, are we? Are we going to read this letter on the air? <laughs> Should I read my hate mail? Yeah, well, you know it's so seldom we get any uh, any good mail to read. Uh, and I, think well, I mean, we get a lot of we get a lot of mail that um, tells us that they like us, but we don't often get uh, mail that tells us they don't like us. Usually, I think if people don't like us, they don't want to go to all the trouble of writing us. Well, isn't this just constructive criticism that we got? Maybe. I don't know. I enjoy the information and interviews on the show a lot, but good God, except for the guy that reports the news. That's you, Scott. You guys are almost not bearable. Almost. The host's contempt for human beings is palpable. And he is insipid. <laughs> oh, not insipid. Man, that really hurt my feeling. It is this sort of gooey 60s hippie nonsense that hurts the cause of veganism. Feels like I have to sit through a painfully dull conversation at a bad college party to get to anything good. Tighten up if you expect to expand. <laughs> good, good. Well put, in a way. Yeah? You, Ti- think, well, I, you think I should tighten up? Well, the tightening up thing, you know, there's something to be said for that. Seems like know. tightening up and expanding are two separate things. Like, I remember uh, one of the things that really obsessed me when I first started listening to, say, Air America, for example, uh, was just, you know, this immediate, um, you know, pace that there is to that. And, and of course, you know, they had comedians and writers and creative people, like, really backing it up and bringing things to it. And, uh, it definitely added to the to the sense of you know, coherency to it all, and, and it felt good. Tighten it up. 
Insipid, adjective, lacking flavor. Oh, man. Lacking vigor or interest. Why don't you just rub it in, Scotty? Many artists continue to churn out insipid, shallow works, is the example. Oh, man. Yep. Shallow, too. So, taste uh, some some adju- some nice uh, words that go with it. Flavorless, bland, weak, wishy-washy, unappetizing, unpalatable. I'm a bad vegan. I'm sorry. Unimaginative, uninspired. <laughs> oh, man. I won't get into it. Uh, I did, but I won't. Uh, yeah, insipid. Oh, well. Hey, now I know what it means. <laughs> it's good to learn learn new words. So thanks, listener. Yes, I think he gave us a fake name. Oh well, hey, you know, in a way, I mean, John Smart. (laughs) Criticism is good. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to tighten it up and we're going to expand. Yeah, Um, I might even start preparing the news stories like a day or two in advance. Really, I might try to get sleep. Yeah, and do back. (laughs) That would help. (laughs) You know, I know you're very very busy, but sleep. You know, you got to steal every every moment you can. Say, I say it's okay to see the world in a different way. A little more of me, a little more of you is gonna see this through. You don't have to play the way they play if you play at all. But don't just let it be, be the referee, blow the whistle, make the call. Activate, expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. No matter what they say, I say it's okay to see the world in a different way. A little more of me, a little more of you is gonna see this through. You don't have to play the way they play if you play at all. But don't just let it be, be the referee, blow the whistle, make the call. Activate, expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. Expand, people. Manifest, put into action the evolution of the intellect. In the news, we got I, news. If I might, hey, should we get to the big news first? Yes, I think that would be a, in case a our good guest one. calls before we get finished with the small news. Yeah, start with start with that. That's and good. of course, the, the news is the best part of our show. <laughs> Sometimes, as long as you're talking and I'm not, because <gasps> I hate people. Stop it! I hate you all. Why are you listening to my show? You know Paul Watson. <laughs> you love people. Admit it. I do love people. That's the thing. I'm a lover. Yeah, it's true. You know, I might make fun of omnivores, but it's a vegan radio show. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Get a new shtick. Really? I don't know. Maybe you could just promote some particular vegetable. It could be all about kumquats. Oh, no, wait. Those aren't, <laughs> it's not even a vegetable. <clears throat> I'm obviously on, I'm on little sleep right. myself. <laughs> Next subject. Well, let's talk about uh, the, the amazing election. Um, yeah, it was over in a matter of minutes, <laughs> it seemed like. Yeah, well, for, for the presidential election. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was I went to this party on Cherry Street, and I walked in the door and, you know, gave a couple hugs to my friends, and, uh, you know, I, I saw the room with the TV, and I was just on the threshold of walking into it, and all of a sudden the whole place went crazy, and everyone started hugging and slapping hands and chit-chatting and... 
And I was like, what's going on? And, you know, Brack just won. Wow. Woo-woo. And, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of skeptical of Brack. I don't know too much about him. I know some of the things he's voted for I don't approve of. And, you know, I'm sure he does what he does to get elected. And yeah, who knows what the, the future holds. But that, that wave of, like, enthusiasm was just contagious. And next thing you know, we were out on the streets dancing around running across the crosswalk, howling with our hands in the air. And <laughs> people were honking. There were people driving down the streets in pickup trucks with their, you know, people in the back and yeah. there's people doing wheelies on their bikes. And there was people that had been in wheelchairs for years getting up and dancing. And it was just an amazing <laughs> night. Yeah, it, you know, it's weird. I, I, I remember uh, on my way home just, like, feeling this sense of just a huge weight had, had been lifted like this weight i've been carrying around for something like six years seven years yeah the bush weight uh yeah just to know that it's not just going to be these guys who are like working for their elite friends you know it's going to be uh, there's going to well, be hopefully. some well yeah it, I'm, I'm hoping so it's not just it's, I hope about it's not hope. just lip service it's about hope and change right and whatever happened to um laura bush's um gang outreach initiative i'm still I want to hear about that, um, <laughs> you know, because she was really, wasn't that one part of the, and we were going to Mars, too. I don't know. I don't think Bush quite accomplished everything he wanted to, but it's a good start. I think um, if, if Barack introduces the Mars um, plan, it might go over better. Well, for one thing, we could we could all move to Mars, <laughs> and we could adapt to it, where and we could leave the Earth behind for the other animals to evolve, and, you know, they can come when they're ready. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, why not? I heard there's. I heard like scientists talking about um, there is actually a possibility that we could, um, we could create an atmosphere on Mars. Oh yeah, sure. If we uh, increase the carbon in the atmosphere, it's not difficult. Actually, just you know, plant the right kind of algae on the poles to uh, you know make them darker, catch a little more sun, warm it up, generate oxygen. Yeah, we'll go up there and cause global warming, and it'll actually create an environment we could possibly. I guess we couldn't breathe in it, but we could grow plants and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there is an atmosphere. It's just very, very thin, and uh, it's not exactly tasty. <laughs> but let's talk about the other uh, exciting election news. Um, I do want to say before we get all elated about everything about the election, there was some stuff with the gay marriages uh, getting banned in three states, including right. California, which is really disheartening. So it wasn't all great election news. Uh, there was some... Some bad things that happened. Um, yeah, and that I, I just find bizarre. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 a form of oppression that's really sick. I'm and um, yeah, you think I, you think you know everyone's so excited about how far we've come electing a black president and things, but uh, there's also this this kind of blight on the election of how far we haven't come. And yeah. obviously, the uh, there's good things happening for the animals, but. Yeah, it's true. And I think there is, but I think it's unconstitutional on its face and it'll be easily struck down. Uh, there is a ban on, um, you know, basically the whole foundation of the Constitution is emerging traditions, whatever they may be, you know, so long as they're harmless. And I think uh, you could say that gay marriage is relatively harmless. Uh, you can't just ban it for uh, religious reasons, I guess you might say. You have to have some kind of basis in... Uh, you know, trying to actually the greater good, as it were, not just trying to protect the word marriage. So it'll it'll be struck down probably in in a matter of months. Strike it down. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to get married until uh, until same sex marriages are approved across the country. 
<laughs> that's my oath. Yeah? That's my bond. I was wondering what you were waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> so I keep asking. All you women out there, you're just going to have to wait. Yep. So, well, Obama, uh, actually, um, if, if I can return to the man. Oh, the man. We never got to the animal legislation that got passed. Though. Yep, that's the next thing. Oh, uh, you're going through Obama? I want to mention first that, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Obama, You've got an Obama story. You know, he, he actually, you know, he has spoken up about Obama, Obama. Yeah. Yes, we can. <laughs> He has actually spoken about animal rights. He has said he thinks how we treat our animals reflects how we treat each other. And it's very important that Sounds we... Sounds like Gandhi. Yeah, exactly. And it's very important that we have a president who is mindful. He used the word mindful of the cruelty that is perpetrated on animals. As an Illinois state senator, Obama voted in favor of at least a dozen animal protection laws, according to examiner.com. Uh, he passed legislation that made it more difficult for puppy mills to operate. He passed legislation allowing pet trusts to provide for long-term care of companion animals. He increased penalties for cruelty to animals. He required psychological counseling for people who abused them. Veterinarians had to report suspected acts of cruelty and animal fighting. And he banned the slaughter of horses for human consumption. Excellent. Yep. The Humane Society Legislative Fund endorsed Obama back in September. And uh, his, new, uh, his new puppy is probably going to be treated very well. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's getting his daughters a puppy. Yep. He named them Checkers. <laughs> yeah, Checkers. No, oh, they... Just kidding. Really? That's, oh. a, that's a Nixon joke for those of you who are oh, no Nixon as dated jokes. as I am. <clears throat> um, so, yes, big news, big news. Woo! Yeah, so that's, that's um, good. Greyhound racing in Massachusetts is abolished by 2010. Wow. That's amazing. Woo! Yeah. I'm, I'm ow, so ow. proud of the voters of Massachusetts. I know. It took, it's the third time that it's been on the, uh, what do they call those, referendums? Or, no. Yeah. Yeah. Or referenda, if you prefer. Referendi. <laughs> that would be the feminine. <laughs> oh. Or the masculine. I forget. I'm confused. <clears throat> so anyway, yep. That's, that's a done deal. Yeah. It's a binding resolution. And in California, Proposition 2 passed. Yeah. I'm um, getting rid of veal crates and gestation crates mm -hmm. and battery cages by 2015. Yeah. We're going to catch up with most of Europe. Amazing. Well, that's good. We've got a, we've got a long way to catch up with Europe. And uh, obviously there's some debate within the animal rights movement whether this is good or bad. Uh, you know, the Gary Francione argument that... You know, these things will alleviate people's guilt and make the ultimate goal of a vegan world harder to achieve. Yeah. But for a lot of animals, it is going to make a difference. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough argument to, to figure out. Yeah. I think. Well, you know, I think once you've shown that there's a reasonable basis to protect animals and, uh, and it's signed into law, um, it enters people's consciousness and then, you know, then you can go to the next whatever it may be. I mean, I, I tend to agree that, you know, it will tend to assuage people's guilt and there will be a lot of people who will probably buy a lot more and eat a lot more chicken and stuff um, because they'll feel better about it. But on the other hand, I don't know. Uh, you just, people got to per persevere nevertheless. And, you know, persevere with, people, you know, uh, maybe some folks, maybe you could, I don't know. We've spoken about it so much. I don't want to say people have been co-opted by these, these, um, 
these things because you can work on more than one front. So don't worry. Work on all the fronts. Yep. Okay, I think uh, we should probably take a little musical break. Um, we have a new vegan musician to feature on today's show, Casey McKenzie. She's vegan, and we are going to play this song, Pretty Horse. And we'll be back with Christine Waltermeyer after the song. You're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. Available on the web at veganradio.com. You've got such a pretty horse. You've got all you Casey McKenzie with her song Pretty Horse and you're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio 103.3 FM as I said before and I will say again so we have Christine Waltermeyer from the Natural Kitchen Cooking School on the line with us and we're gonna... yes hello oh Scott's yeah. here too hello and we're going to speak up so you can hear us <laughs> that's great we're going to scream yes we'll speak in like very terse words terse <laughs> well welcome to the show Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. Can you give our listeners a brief overview of what the Natural Kitchen Cooking School is all about? Yes. Uh, we specialize in teaching uh, gourmet, vegan, and macrobiotic and raw foods. So we teach a few different uh, you know, delicious food categories within the context of all vegan cooking. And uh, we're in our fourth year of operation. We also offer public classes, um, a chef's training program, personal chef service, so a few different things to support people to eat a healthy, delicious diet. Healthy and delicious, just the way we like it. <laughs> yep, you can have both. Yes. So is this, this school is not to train people to work in restaurants, this is just to help people cook on, on their own at home? You know what, it's both. We draw, um, you know, I would say both crowds. We have people who want to open up their own cafes or work in restaurants or work as personal chefs, and then we also have... Um, you know, moms who want to cook healthier for their families. So it's really kind of a mix. 
And how long is a cooking course? The course is eight months. We begin in October, and the students graduate in May. So we one just one week into month. You just had one start. What's that? You just had a course start. We did, yes. So if somebody wants to go, they would have to wait till next October now. Yes. Although in the meantime, we also offer you know on a monthly basis um, just one day classes or evening classes. So we also have that as an option. Okay, adult learning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and it's been successful. How long have you been doing it? Yeah, this is our fourth year, and uh, we keep doubling our enrollment every year, so it's great. It's really a growing field. Wow. And what can one expect as far as uh, what, what would be the first like month of courses be like? Yeah, during the first month, we're, we're really getting our feet wet with, um, you know, knife skills, um, you know, how to cut the vegetables different uh, cooking styles, and every month we have a different theme. So the first month is actually grains, whole grains. So the students get an introduction to the whole world of, you know, cooking with brown rice or millet or barley and how to make those foods actually taste really delicious, uh, as well as an overview of um, how to stock your kitchen, what kind of pantry items you want to keep on hand, healthy cookware. Uh, we do a health food store tour so they know what products to select. So you really start with the very basics the basics, yes, and it's, it's interesting because we do get a mixture of, you know, students who are totally inexperienced and those who have a fair amount of experience, and uh, we all kind of wind up at the same place at the end. Everyone really gets to this great level of knowledge and skill. <clears throat> and I saw also there's something about the Cancer Project. What is that? Yes, the Cancer Project, it's a wonderful organization created by uh, Dr. Neil Bernard. It's a nonprofit group based in Washington, D.C., and I'm fortunate to be one of the instructors. They're about... 60 uh, trained instructors all over the U.S., and we offer um, a four- or an eight-week class series that introduces people who are wanting to either, you know, prevent cancer or if, they're, if they already have cancer to boost their immune system to help fight cancer. And um, it's all a nutrition-based course, um, teaching vegan cooking with wonderful videos um, by Neil Bernard. So it's just a great program. Did you go take some course from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine to, to do what you're doing there? Oh, not directly. They're two separate organizations, although both, you know, headed up by uh, Neil Bernard, but um, it's a different organization. Oh, yeah, it's so a I different. go to uh, Washington, D.C. to train with the Cancer Project. But you did go to train before? I did, yeah. Okay. two-day training. And then every year we have annual conferences. Uh, yeah. I think that's what I read about because I, ah. I was interested in doing it. I thought it would be really cool to... Oh come back here and teach, you know, cooking classes at Whole Foods or something. Oh, my gosh. It's so needed, and it's fabulous. People love the classes. Nice. I guess I, I'm wondering if uh, if you have some kind of special provision for, say, chefs who aren't really used to that kind of cooking who want to learn more and then ex to expand their, you know, like professionals. Yes. You know what? That's a great idea. Um for a more professional track, you know, for, like you say, people who are already in the profession. Um, you know, we do get people who are already uh, personal chefs and, and things like that, but, uh, you know, to take it to a new level would be a great idea. So thanks. That's something yeah. to work on. I got, a, I got a million of them, Christine. I love it. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, the, the, in chef school, you learn all these things about cooking with butter and milk and creating these, you know, really rich foods and... Uh, it seems to be the real thrust of it, and you know, to get back to get back to basics is something that an awful lot of chefs just never do. Absolutely, 
and there's a wonderful new cookbook out by uh, Linda Long, and she went around and asked all the you know great chefs around the world to come up with a vegan recipe, and I just thought it was so cool to see that these you know traditionally trained mainstream chefs you know coming up with vegan dishes, and probably they're getting more and more clientele who are asking for that. Yeah, sort of a new kind of Iron Chef competition could emerge right. from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new era, new era for veganism. Right. And uh, coming in with Barack Obama, maybe. <laughs> That's right. Let's hope so. <laughs> We're riding the waves. Yes. <laughs> so what else you got going on? Yeah. So, um, you know, in addition to our chef's training program, like I said, we have these, you know, public classes. And I just love what I do. I mean, I sort of fell into this. I was I never originally thought I would become a chef or have a cooking school. I actually have an art background. But, um, you know, it's, you really employ a lot of creativity and um, it's just such a wonderful thing to really transform people's lives and see them get healthier and, of course, saving animals and improving the welfare of the planet. I find that so many people, um, you know, they just have this perception of healthy cooking or vegetarian cooking that it's going to be boring and just bowls of salads. And once you introduce them to how delicious and satisfying it can be, that's really what makes the shift for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Positive veganism. And, uh, totally. And how and how much emphasis do you put on the nutritional aspects of the cooking? We do. We have um, we have amazing guest lecturers. We have um, you know raw food chefs come in. We have um, you know people who speak a bit more about the you know the nutrition aspect and you know where to get your calcium or you know how to really focus on uh, plant based protein and how to cook differently for athletes and where to get your B vitamins. So we do get into into that. That's great. Where do I get my B vitamins anyway? B vitamins. <laughs> I'm go taking for the supplements. Grains, all the time. Uh, go for the C vegetables. You can always supplement, of course, that B12. You know, found in the sublingual supplements. But um, oh, I'm taking notes. Hold on. Sublingual. What's yeah. that mean? Sublingual. You actually dissolve it under your tongue. Oh yeah, those are the ones I like. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know there was a fancy word for it. Right. <laughs> Sounds impressive. Right? <laughs> yeah, I want to see some good superlingual stuff. That's how about yeah, how right. about the calcium? Is there what's what's your recommendation for? Uh, Calcium-rich foods. Yes. The number one thing I generally recommend is um, dark leafy green vegetables. So I recommend things like collard greens, bok choy, kale, uh, mustard greens, dandelion greens, having those on a daily basis. And on days when you, you know, can't really get in your steamed greens for the lack of time or whatever, then I recommend um, getting at least a wheatgrass shot or, you know, taking one of those powdered green supplements like kyo green is great. Um, and also sea vegetables. There's one particular sea vegetable, hijiki, and um, it's kind of black. It looks like spider legs. It looks intimidating, but it tastes great, and that actually has much more calcium than cow's milk. Yeah, I like, uh, I like how everything with calcium is green. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> you think of calcium and you think white, I think. But right, it's the, right. the milk brainwashing. <laughs> but it's really in all these green things. Um, I, have, I have some pretty good things I've been doing with kale lately. Um, one is kale smoothies with a couple of frozen bananas, some almond milk or, you know, well, I've been doing a lot of raw stuff. So I use almond milk or hemp milk or something like that, that that I make. And then, um, a little agave and maybe some other fruit, just mix it up and it makes the kale taste really good. Wow. That sounds so yummy. And then I've been doing, uh, recently the, the raw kale thing where you, um, massage salt into the kale and then a little lemon juice and a little oil mm. and uh, just let it sit for a little while and wilt and it, it becomes a lot easier to 
chew than raw kale would normally yeah. be. <laughs> right, exactly. It's kind of like ceviche. And it shrinks down like if you steamed it so you can eat more and get more calcium that way. Right, that's great. That sounds so delicious. You got any good kale recipes for us? <laughs> kale recipes. Actually, yes, we have a whole recipe section on our website, and I think we might have a kale recipe on there, but um, we can always post one on the homepage. I mean, the most simple way to make it is really just to, I love it, just plain steamed and put a little dressing on it or a little squeeze of lemon juice. Um, but it's also nice sautéed in a little olive oil with maybe some garlic and ginger. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my staple, the garlic ginger kale. Yeah, right? Scott's, Scott's a big kale eater. Oh, that's great. When he has money. <laughs> right now he's on a popcorn diet. <laughs> but he just, he just got a new job, so things are about to turn around. He's going to be stocked up with kale again soon. All right. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so is are there any uh, tracks on, like, traditional or ethnic kinds of food that you do? Ethnic and traditional? Yes, absolutely. We, we love to incorporate spices and foods from around the world, um, you know, incorporating foods from Africa, um, you know, injera, flat, flatbread, and also, um, you know, some Japanese foods, a lot of Japanese influence in our cooking with, you know, we do... Um, a lot of macrobiotic cooking, and also Italian. So we do, you know, lasagnas, enchilada casseroles. So really, you know, we kind of go global. That really makes it fun and interesting. The uh, the injera flatbread that you mentioned is that the Ethiopian bread? Exactly, it's that oh, that's that tastes so good. Flour. Oh. How do you how do you make that? Yeah, it's actually a fermented bread. So you actually take the um, you know the test flour. And which is made from a very tiny little grain that comes from Africa. And so I've heard that tough is flour. Yeah, I heard that's really nutrient rich flour. Oh, yes, delicious. And you just mix it with water and you basically just let it sit overnight and it just ferments and becomes this kind of slightly bubbly batter. And then you just basically pour it on a crepe pan and make these nice light um, breads. And uh, do do you actually cook it? Yes, yeah, it does get cooked. Okay, yeah. Wow. So what what causes it to ferment? Does it have like a yeast that lives on it or something? You no, know, um you can you can ferment, you know, you can make your own homemade pickles and things like that just by letting them sit at room temperature. Uh there are these anaerobic bacteria in the air that actually get into the uh the batter or into the pickles and that bacteria starts the fermentation process. That's why pickled foods and things like that actually have a lot of enzymes and you know, can provide trace amounts of B12 because they have those um, tiny bacteria oh. in them. Yeah, my friend just made a whole big batch of uh, kimchi. Have you ever had that? And it was pretty That's amazing. Great. But it, it smelled smelled pretty funky. <laughs> right, I know. It's kind of like making kombucha or something. It might stink up your kitchen. <laughs> well, stinky kitchen. There could be worse things. The stink of... Burning flesh in your kitchen is a lot worse. Yeah. So now, now you know, um, there's a huge uh, thing happening. I don't know. Maybe it's just me seeing it, but fungus is taking off. There's fungus among us. Yeah. Wow, fungus. And uh, and I, I'm just learning how it has really good amino acids and uh, and really good enzymes in it, which I never quite realized. But apparently, they they're best. You really can't digest many of them unless you cook it. Interesting. Now you're not talking about just like ordinary button mushrooms. You're talking about like corn fungus and things like that? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, shelf mushrooms and chicken mushrooms and you name it. Chicken of the woods. Uh, right. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's part of your track, but... A little bit. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the immune-boosting mushrooms like shiitake and maitake. Um, I think that's also the one that's known as hen of the woods. 
right? And, and, oh, the hen of the woods too. Yeah. yeah. And chanterelle, <laughs> the 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 frightening mushroom. It's frightening. Well, I don't know. It scares me a little. <laughs> You're scared of a mushroom? Only, only when it's near. <laughs> <laughs> only when it's going in your mouth. <laughs> so uh, I like I like this uh, quote from Howard Lyman on your website. The natural cooking. Wait, Scott, you should do this in your Howard Lyman imitation voice. Oh, sure. The natural cooking kitchen cooking school. <laughs> That's good. Is the next best thing to having angels preparing your meals. <laughs> That's great. He's pretty good, isn't he? If he, if he, if I told him to practice that a little bit, he could have had it down pat. But... Well, good. we're we're good. killing the animals. The, right the animals are killing there. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get Howard back on the show. Oh, he's fabulous. Yeah, have you seen him lately? I haven't seen him lately. I saw him at the. I was teaching at the Vegetarian Summer Fest. This summer. Oh, really? That's where we actually met, and uh, yeah, he's wonderful. So it was was this your first year there? It was. I loved it. I had a ball. My gosh. Yeah, we're going to try to bring our vegan bus there next year. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I, I went there in 2001, but I haven't been back since. Uh, it's a little pricey, and it's a bit of a trip, you know. Right. And and I'm also a wedding photographer, so. Oh, cool. It's hard to get certain weekends off, but I'm planning for it next year. Very nice. Um, did you uh, rub elbows with anyone else there? Any well, good gossip um, from the Summerfest? I can't remember her name offhand, but I met the um, the director of the Living Light Institute, the Raw Foods Institute out in California. She was so gorgeous. I thought she was, like, in her 30s, and she turned out to be, like, you know, she told the class she's, like, 61 or something. Really? And like, she looks like she's in her raw 30s? Raw foods really works. <laughs> yeah. I better start eating raw. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And get out there and run. <laughs> run. Run like the wind. I don't, I'm not scared. I'm not going to be running. No? No. Come on. By the time you're 80, you'll be so fast. I do yoga and biking. That's my thing. All right. You can run. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> do you do any exercise, Christine? I do. I'm really into I, I'm, I'm always at the gym, and I love the yoga classes. Today I took a masala bhangra class. So it was this Indian dance. and uh, you know, I definitely love exercise. I feel like it's just the perfect complement with a vegan diet. You know, It's a yeah. fountain of youth. <laughs> Yeah, I, fi- I find that the raw food diet and the and yoga go really good together. Nice. It's like a, if you're eating a lot of raw food, your yoga just improves in leaps and bounds. Oh, it's great. I see a, I see your picture on the website. You look very uh, glowing and healthy, too. Oh, thanks. Unless it's all Photoshopped. I don't know. I have to, I have to admit, I've been milking that picture for a little while. But <laughs> it doesn't look like that. It's from 1975. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Uh, well, um, do you have anything else you want to tell our listeners while we got you on the line? I don't think so, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, always feel free. You know, the listeners can always email us or give us a call, and, you know, if we can be supportive with some delicious recipes, we just love doing that. So, so the website is naturalkitchenschool.com. You naturalkitchenschool.com. We actually have two others because we also offer health counseling, so um, that one is healthyfoodcoach.com. Okay. And then for our chef services, that's nkchef.com. NK, what's that stand for? Natural Kitchen. Oh, oh naturally. <laughs> that's the shorter version. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. People can have home parties. It's kind of like a Tupperware party, only it's vegan cooking. So really? We'll come to you if you can't come to us. That's great. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. And uh, and what do your courses run? How much would it cost you to come to Massachusetts? Oh, 
Oh, hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's figure that one out. Two, two good but, questions. Uh, yeah, the courses, they have different um, prices. Is that what you're asking? What are yeah, yeah, well, actually, you shouldn't tell us your prices on, okay. on, the, on the radio. <laughs> yeah, but the that's right. You won't be able to change them after that. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to be locked <laughs> and, and it's against our, uh, we're a nonprofit here, so we have yeah. to follow some rules. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, um. Maybe she could use an analogy. Let's say you were, <laughs> <laughs> for the price of a small car, you could become a really good chef. <laughs> right. If you had to barter <laughs> in kale, how much kale would it cost? <laughs> right, kale. <laughs> well, it's been, of kale. <laughs> it's been really great having you on the show. And Thanks so much for having me on. Vegan Radio, because the animals are listening to I'm sorry for my insipidness, listeners. It's insipidity, I think. Insipidity? <laughs> I hope not. So, listeners, if uh, if anyone likes our show and wants to send us an email to uh, tell us how you like our show. <laughs> <laughs> or other things that we can do differently to please yes, you. Yes, Give us your criticism, good or bad. We'd love to hear from our listeners, and maybe we'll read about you. Yeah. Read and your email on the show. And we're here for you. You know, uh, There was a recent study that said that people who are, who are anonymous online tend to be more uh, mean. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Anonymity does that. It was, so. It's kind of funny how he's like saying how the hippie nonsense hurts veganism, but I think it's angry vegans that hurt veganism, and I think this person could perhaps be an angry vegan. I do not, not know. sure, but um, I, would, I do have a good story, a good, a good fan vegan radio fan story that I can tell you about. Um, Megan and I went to the Boston Vegetarian Food Festival last weekend, which was uh, the big event in Boston. There's like 10,000 people come through this giant gymnasium full of vegan vendors and nonprofits and talking to, I think we were talking to Sarah Kramer or somebody, and this guy came over and he was like, are you guys vegan radio? And we were like, yeah. And, you know, we weren't wearing shirts or anything. And he was like, Oh, I heard Megan from across the room, and uh, <laughs> you guys are great. He wanted to get his picture taken with us, and it was just a really special moment for both of us, as you can imagine. Uh, just knowing that you helped one person go vegan is is worth, you know, a yeah. lot of hours of activism. Just uh, makes you feel like you're achieving something. For one person, our hippie nonsense didn't hurt our vegan outreach efforts. Mm. Well, I don't know. What do you think I've, I've about never, that, I've never been a hippie, so I don't know. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't know that really hippies even exist anymore. I myself a hippie. I don't know what a hippie is, really. Maybe I I'm don't a hippie. know. Maybe I'm a hippie. I have long hair. Someone who wants you to chill out about their shortcomings or something. Chill know. out, dude. But um, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tighten up and expand. Okay. Tightening and expanding. It's the yin and yang of vegan radio from now on. Yin and yang, I should say. So, Scotty, give us some parting words of wisdom. What was your favorite part of the Barack acceptance speech? Um, I'd have to say my my favorite part of the Barack acceptance speech was um, just uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I have to be honest that I, I really I was I loved his speech a lot, but I was more impressed in a, in a way by McCain's speech. His really, con- his concession speech. That guy can concede. <laughs> you know he knows how to get out of town you know i like the part where he was like i know i made some mistakes in this campaign when he glanced over at sarah palin <laughs> and then returned to uh but uh you know and, and as far as what barack had to say i think i think it was his opening of of inclusiveness he didn't just say 
uh, black, white, and you know, rich, poor. He included gay, straight, and, uh, and I think that he understands. And he also that, included uh, people all around the world, and not just the U.S. Yeah, could you hear Bush like that? I'm going to welcome gay and straight. Now he, <laughs> he would never say it. I just don't think so um, because turning the other cheek is not in his ethic. Um, but I really, I, I just, I just generally, I, I just admire where he's coming from and the spirit of it. I think it feels a lot closer to the spirit of just the people I know in the world who are, uh, you know, more liberal and accepting. So we got Tony Udell seeing Red Radio. I think I said his name right this time. Yep. No, Udell. Dang, dang, dang it. Um, so Tony, how do you feel about Brock? Are you gonna uh, Are you gonna lambast <laughs> him on your show? <laughs> well, you're gonna good, get the alternative opinion. Next. I say it's a good time to be skeptical without being too cynical. Absolutely. Yes, you nailed it, Scotty. You nailed it. So uh, we're gonna get off here. Mm, you've been listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio 103.3 FM WXOJLP Northampton. As we said, Tony is up next with uh, Seeing Red Radio. Politics at its best. Sound bites at their best. And we're out of here. Go vegan. <laughs> <laughs>